So before I introduce our next speaker, I wanted to acknowledge folks who are working in the trenches doing this work. Um, one of them is the Refugee Congress. The Refugee Congress is an independent advocacy and adv advisory organization comprised of refugees, asylum seekers, and stateless persons from across the U.S., and they seek to advocate on behalf of, refu of for refugee issues internationally and also domestically. You can look them up at www.refugeecongress.org. I want to thank them for being here. I also want to acknowledge that there are four uh, refugee resettlement agencies in this town that need our support. Lutheran Social Services, Catholic Charities, the Pan-African Community Association, and the International Institute of Wisconsin. So if you have extra time to volunteer, they need you more than ever now. Back in 2015, November of 2015, uh, my partner in crime, Libby Gutterman, and I were feverishly awaiting, preparing a, 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 an apartment for three young men who we were anxiously waiting for who were to arrive from Eritrea. So we were, you know, doing everything that we could, soliciting donations, and anxiously awaiting them. And I'll never forget picking them up from the airport. And today, these young men have made unbelievable strides. They're in college, they have jobs, they have a car, and they have stable housing. I just want to acknowledge them. They're here tonight. Tashame, Andam, and Kibram. And now, the American Civil Liberties Union is standing up for all of our civil, civil liberties, defending the Constitution, and protecting all of our basic rights through the courts. Just last week, I know we all remember, it was a busy week last week, the ACLU attorneys sprang into action and they filed a motion for a temporary emergency stay on the enforcement of President Trump's executive order. The ACLU attorneys turned outrage into action for a more just and a more equal society. Unfortunately, the legal battles continue, but we're, helping, we're very happy to welcome An Angela Lang from the ACLU. She's a member of the executive, she's a member of the executive committee of the ACLU. Thank you so much. First, I want to um, really say thank you to the organizers and to the speakers before me. There's been some powerful, moving, emotional speakers before me, and I'm deeply humbled to be in this space with you all, so thank you for allowing me. Um, so as she said, I am a member of the ACLU, and they were the first group I ever got involved with when I turned 18. Um, I knew then the world was different about 10 years ago, but I knew then it was really important to be a member of the ACLU, and I'm proud to be on the board of directors and to serve on the executive committee. And I just wanted to share a couple thoughts around where we stand currently in this legal battle. As I'm sure everyone knows by now, about 10 days ago, President Trump signed an executive order suspending all refugee resettlement for 120 days and indefinitely suspending the resettlement of refugees from Syria. 
In addition to banning Syrian refugees, the president ordered a ban on all entries of the nationals of seven majority Muslim countries, Iraq, Syria, Iran, Sudan, Libya, Somalia, and Yemen for 90 days and said this ban might be extended and that additional countries might be added to that list. There have been multiple lawsuits filed against the Muslim and refugee bans. And these lawsuits raise various different legal claims, due process, equal protection, First Amendment. But the bottom line is the biggest legal problem with the executive order is that the US Constitution prohibits religious discrimination. People feel so strongly that targeting people from one religion, Islam, for exclusion and mistreatment goes against our core Amer American values. Part of why they feel that way is because it very clearly violates our Constitution. This is why every time Trump gets interviewed about the growing controversy, he says it's not a Muslim ban. But we all know the intention behind this. Trump said it himself. In December of 2015, Trump called for a total and complete shutdown on Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. And beyond this clear intent, the executive order itself discriminates against Muslims in key respects. The executive order came with very little pre-planning or consultation with agencies charged with enforcing it. And soon thereafter, immigrants and refugees from the seven countries were being refused and the right to board planes abroad and those that arrived in the US airports, including those who were in mid-travel when the executive order was announced, began being detained and threatened to be deported. People who were subjected to these screenings were even made to show their social media accounts asked about their values on President Trump and other intrusive acts. Some were sent back under great duress. It has since come out that around 60,000 visas have been revoked as a result of the Muslim ban. The day after the executive order was signed, the first of several lawsuits challenging the executive order was filed by the ACLU and partners, and since then, legal challenges against the executive order have been filed across the country. Recently, the broadest national ruling yet was issued, temporarily suspending the ban. The administration said they'll appeal. I suspect we won't have a clear decision for a little while yet, leaving a lot of people who have been through this country's extremely thorough immigration pro process in a place of tremendous uncertainty. During the past week, the ACLU of Wisconsin has been contacted by so many people who are affected by this ban whether it is the woman who fell in love and got married overseas and is now concerned her husband will not be able to join her in the US, or the Syrian refugees who are waiting for mothers, sisters, daughters, or sons to join them here, this is wrong. President Trump's orders are immoral as well as unconstitutional. This order is a slap in the face to the millions of Americans who uphold our best traditions of welcoming the stranger seeking refuge. Vigilance is needed by all of us. This extreme vetting sets up government machinery for religious and ethnic discrimination under the pretext of national security. It is, not, it is designed to keep Muslims out as a part of Trump's long articulated plan. This goes against everything this country represents, going back to our founders' conviction in the United States as a nation where the government does not discriminate against any religion. 
What we are telling immigrants, including lawful permanent residents, please create plans with your families and an immigration attorney. Continue to stand hand in hand with your communities as we are doing today. Get involved locally, across the state, and nationally. We are a diverse society built in great part on the sweat and blood and ingenuity of immigrants and refugees. American Muslims, immigrants, and U.S. born alike are a part of the fabric of this nation and part of what makes America great. In this dark episode in our country's history, there is no place I'd rather be than right here fighting with you all. Thank you. First off, um, I want to thank everybody for being so generous with your time. We've run just a little long, but boy, talk about impactful personal testimony. And I can share with you that a lot of people who spoke here today actually moderated what they were sharing. Not certain of, you know, if we might have young ones in the audience. Um, I do want to take just a quick moment to thank Alberto Maldonado, um, the executive director of the Roberto Hernandez Center. Um, for being here, as well as Pardeep Kalika and Serve to Unite, and all the great work he did, especially um, following the great tragedy we had at the Sikh Temple here. We have R.L. McNeely here, too, from the Felmers of Cheney Advocacy Board, and so many others that forgive me if I've missed you. But uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Alana now. And I want to, not to be redundant, but to be a touch redundant. I want to thank everybody also for sharing your stories and for sharing your call to action and for sitting together and, and sitting with the discomfort of all these stories. We intentionally ended with the ACLU because our challenge is to take our outrage and to turn it into action. So the next thing is for us to do something. We created a, a sheet of five things you can do. There are lots of other things, but our challenge is to walk out of here today not just hurting, not just angry, not just outraged, not just maybe feeling a little alienated, not just elevated, but committed to doing something. Because that also is the promise of America, that we stand together and we, we act together for our higher aspirations. So we want to close the program with a moment of silence, of coming together and committing ourselves to, to the next step. So let's do this. I, I think it's only fitting, and forgive me, I'm going to ask something of each and every one of you. Would you all mind coming up to the front here together? And let's gather hand in hand, not as Democrat or Republican or of this religion or that religion. Let's come together, let's hold hands, and we'll um, celebrate a moment of silence for all of the refugees who tonight are going to bed, not certain if they're going to wake up tomorrow. And the only thing that could be worse is fearing that your children would not wake up tomorrow. So with that, once again, if all of you could come to the front and we'll celebrate a brief moment of silence. Due to the weather, et cetera, we're, we're gonna hold off from the candle lighting ceremony to our, our next action, but um, I think this would be a beautiful way to remember them and can recommit ourselves to take an action to make sure that they all find safe harbor. Thank you and God bless. <laughs>